Do you dread tax time because you haven't saved enough for taxes? Are you totally confused and lost about your business finances? Do you worry that you'll never be able to retire or save for your kid's college education? If you bury your head in the sand because you think you'll never be a money person, I want to let you in on a huge secret. All you need to manage your private practice finances are a simple series of skills that you can learn. After all, you already did the hard work of graduating from college, becoming a therapist, and starting your private practice. Hi, I'm Lindsay Bonham. I'm a therapist turned money coach and the creator of Money Skills for Therapists. I've helped hundreds of therapists just like you develop peace of mind about their money. I invite you to watch my free masterclass where I teach my four-step framework to get your business finances totally in order. In the masterclass, I cover the three biggest mistakes that therapists make that keep them from getting clarity on their private practice finances, the secret that most accountants don't want you to know, and why working with your mindset and emotions is essential to changing your patterns with money. This masterclass is for therapists and health practitioners who are running or about to start a private practice. It is the first step in learning about my signature course, Money Skills for Therapists. Register today with the link in the show notes to take the first step to go from money confusion, anxiety, and shame to feeling clear and empowered about your money. I look forward to supporting you. Welcome to the Money Skills for Therapists podcast, where we answer this question, how can therapists and health practitioners go from money shame and confusion to feeling calm and confident about their finances and get money really working for them in both their private practice and their lives? I'm your host, Lindsay Bonham, therapist turned money coach and creator of the course Money Skills for Therapists. Hello, and kind of welcome back to the Money Skills for Therapists podcast, but we're doing something a little bit different today. So the episode you're about to hear is from Lindsay Brian Potvin. She is another Lindsay in the therapist space who talks about money. So if you did not know that there were two of us, now you do. Lindsay is a financial therapist. She does financial coaching for therapists in her business Mind Money Balance. We first connected over Instagram and just mutually admired how we're both talking about something that not a lot of people want to openly talk about, which is money therapy, making money, our beliefs about ourselves and money, all of the stuff that we love to talk about on this podcast, Lindsay also loves to talk about from her own slant and angle. And we decided to do this podcast episode exchange. I'm hosting an episode here today of hers, and she's going to be hosting one of my episodes on her podcast feed as well, because there's just never enough talk about money. There is more than enough to go around. And that actually perfectly fits into the topic of the podcast you're about to hear from Lindsay, which is about fear of visibility and how it's impacting your private practice. But really, she digs into marketing and scarcity and talks about so many helpful things on this episode you're about to hear about how scarcity can stop us from marketing what we do because somebody else is doing something similar to what we want to do. Lindsay and I would be great examples of that. If we were both leaning into scarcity, I wouldn't be sharing this episode with you because I'd think, well, I, I want to keep all the people who want to learn about money to myself. But when we let go of scarcity, we can just be so much more open and free in sharing our message and knowing that the right people find us. And there are so many 
people to learn from and so much learning that is to be done. She gets into the scarcity piece. She gets into the fear of visibility that I know can be really big for those of you who are listening who might be sensitive or introverted. It's not always comfortable for us to be seen. Uh, She talks about the fear of being vulnerable and just really weaves and directly addresses all of these pieces as she talks about how they can interfere with us showing up and being seen and calling in our people, whether that's clients or whether that's building an audience for the offer that you're building outside of your therapy practice. Really excited to share this episode of Lindsay's with you today. She talks in it about her offers. You'll hear that she refers to things happening in June, which is when she first released this episode. But the course that she talks about, if you're interested in it, go over to her website, mindmoneybalance.com, follow her on Instagram, Instagram at Mind Money Balance, and you will hear about when she's offering that awesome course again. Here is Lindsay Bryan Potvin talking about how fear of visibility is impacting your private practice. I get so worried about marketing, like I won't be able to remain consistent, so I just don't start at all. I know I should blog or email my list or post on social, but this fear of being seen consumes me. I'm so worried that marketing is going to eat up all my time that I just don't have. If any of those three statements sound familiar to you, then you might be struggling to market your private practice as a therapist because you're scared of being seen and being vulnerable and experiencing marketing fear. In today's podcast, I'm going to cover how this scarcity mindset shows up in our business, covering some of the top marketing fears that I've heard from clinicians again and again, and we get into this fear of being vulnerable. Let's talk about fear of visibility and how it's impacting your private practice. Here's the thing. As therapists in private practice, we actually do have to market ourselves. Now, that is not meaning that you have to send a thousand business cards to a bunch of people. It also doesn't mean you have to go live on Instagram or dance on TikTok, but you do have to market yourself. And what that means is getting really clear about your niche, that's who you serve and how you can help them, and get really clear about the different ways that you are going to let people know who you are, who you help, and how you help them. If you want help figuring out your niche, I have a free guide, lots of free stuff today, at mindmoneybalance.com slash free guide that will take you through the five top resources I have from taking your private practice from on the side to full time. And it includes a very thorough resource on how to actually go about carving out your niche. So if you don't have a niche yet, or you have a broad niche, or you're struggling to narrow it down, you might want to grab that resource at mindmoneybalance.com slash free guide. So you need to be marketing yourself so that people know that you are around and that they can work with you. You get to decide how you want to market, where you want to market, but we have to get over this fear of visibility and this fear of scarcity. And I find them really intertwined in this place of scarcity mindset when it comes to doing the work that you do. When it comes to the visibility scarcity mindset in your private practice, it's this idea that there's already somebody out there in the world who does what you do and therefore there's not enough to go around. There's already someone who does eating disorder recovery in New Jersey, so might as well not bother. Or there's already somebody that does 
gender non-conforming care in Oregon, so better just decide on something else to do. Or you do continue doing what you're doing, but you do it really quietly, really coyly. You don't really let people know. And that is actually making it harder for you to help the people who you are called to serve. And it's actually being, it's actually so negatively impactful, not just on you and your business, but also on the clients you are meant to serve. Because here's the thing, there are more than enough people out there who need good quality psychotherapy. And the more you hide yourself, the harder it is to get out in front of others. And when we think about having a full practice, let's just be super, super clear here that full When you are doing it right, which means it's in alignment with your energy, which means you're pricing your services appropriately, which means you're seeing the types of clients you're meant to see, full is between 15 and 20 clients or 12 and 15 clients a week. And that means you need to get out there and make sure that those 12 or 15 or 20 people know that you exist and that you are available to help. So getting comfortable with this idea that there's more than enough to go around. Even if there is somebody who has the supposed exact same niche as you in your same city, we don't know that the type of client who you are meant to serve doesn't want to work with that other person. Maybe that other person they've already tried working with and they weren't a good fit. Maybe that other person works days, hours that don't work for this person. So getting really comfortable that it's not competition out there, there's having other people who do what you do means that there is quote-unquote proof of concept, means that there are other people out there in the world who have businesses or have private practices serving the types of clients that you want to serve. And because they are in business, it is proof that the type of work that you want to do has a market. So let's not get caught up in If I do this and somebody else in town or in my state does it, then I'm out of here. Let's really practice getting into this idea that there's plenty to go around, okay? Let's get into the four common marketing fears that have, let me be really clear, nothing to do with the logistics. It's not about should I market on social media? Should I do email marketing? Should I optimize my website for SEO? The logistics, let's put those aside because these are more about emotional and psychological fears. The fear of getting canceled, the fear of not knowing enough, the fear of showing up differently, and the fear of deservingness. I'm going to break all of these down for you. The fear of getting canceled is one that I have started to hear more and more in the past couple of years as cancel culture or accountability culture has taken hold. And when we are fearful of getting quote unquote canceled, we can freeze and get fearful of speaking our truth. And when I say speaking our truth, when we're talking about our private practices, it's just saying, I help these types of clients so they can feel better in this type of a way. And here's when I work, here's how I work, and here's the type of people that I serve. That's it. So when we think of it that way, we want to really get comfortable knowing that somebody can't cancel us for not working with I'm going to be really extreme here, but just bear with me, not working with like NRA members if for us, we are advocates of sensible gun control. And we're really clear about that. You can't get in trouble for saying, I don't work with NRA folks 
if that is something that is in alignment with your values and is important to you and you don't work with those people, you're not going to get in trouble. Or if somebody comes at you and says, how dare you not work with people who are members of the NRA, you can say, look, that is another therapist for another person for another day. That is not who I'm meant to see. And I'm going to go on a sidebar here for just a second. This idea that we are meant to serve everyone, and when I see it on people's websites, I know that it's well-meaning. When they say things like, we're welcoming and inclusive of everyone, I think that that is incredibly well-intentioned, but it also misses the mark. And I know what they're trying to do most of the time is say that people who have traditionally been excluded from healthcare or from mental health care are welcome there. But the way that it reads is that you see anybody and everybody. So let's also get clear about who you see and who you don't see. And again, you can grab that free guide, mindmoneybalance.com slash free guide to get my tips on niching that should help you out. So back to this idea of this fear of getting canceled. Is that a real fear? Sure. And also, people really like canceling people who have lots of status or lots of clout in the world. And not to say therapists don't have status and clout, but most of us are not Brene Brown. Sorry, unless Brene Brown's listening, we're not her, okay? Most of us are not on that type of stage, so we cannot fall as far as we are so fearful that we will fall. And when it comes to this idea of getting canceled, it's all about whether or not you are really accountable for the thing that you may be canceled for. Let's get really comfortable speaking on the topics that you can back up if a troll were to comment. Like for me, if somebody were to comment on like a popcorn post of mine, since I'm often posting it on Thursday evenings when that's like my go-to thing, if someone's like, ew, how dare you put nutritional yeast on popcorn? Meh. That is going to be something that I'm just going to be able to kind of like laugh and roll my eyes at because it really, to me, doesn't matter. They can be offended that I didn't put butter on it or salt on it or whatever they think I should be putting on my popcorn, but it's like not going to really impact me. Other things that are going to probably roll off my shoulders are being clear that I'm child-free by choice. I've made that pretty clearly, and if somebody comes at me and they're like, well, aren't you worried about who's going to take care of you when you're old? Like, those types of comments just aren't going to, like, really weigh me down. And there are certain things that I just don't talk about because they are too close to home or that is a boundary that I've put up. And so that helps me kind of navigate what I do market about or what I do share about and what I don't. And let's say you do offend someone and it actually, you're like, totally taken aback. You said something, you did something, and you didn't think it was offensive or harmful at all. And a group of people from that marginalized group or from that group that you offended says, hey, you messed up. Make like Lizzo and take accountability of it, okay? Say, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Fix it and do better to model for others the importance of being open to learning, to be open to changing when a community lets you know, hey, you just stepped in it. So as therapists, we are really good at sitting with discomfort. So let's say worst case scenario, somebody says, yo, you said something on your website that was harmful. Take it down. You could like quietly erase that word or you could say, you know what? I 
did put a word there that I'm not super proud of or that I wasn't aware of was harmful. I've learned from it. I appreciate my community for letting me know that this was bad. And I've made remedies to fix that mistake. That is also something that as therapists, we can do. How many times have you been in a session where a client says to you, whoa, Lindsay, that did not land well with me. That actually is kind of bringing something funky up for me. I'm not cool with that. We don't say, well, you should be cool with it. You should be okay with what I say. We say, wow, tell me about that. I'm so sorry that that landed in that way. How can I remedy this? We are constantly modeling for our clients the importance of taking accountability and being humble. So this fear of being canceled, I get where it comes from. And as therapists, we are really good at owning when we've made a mistake, sitting with that discomfort and fixing it. So that's one thing to kind of help you move through that fear of getting canceled. The next marketing fear that I hear from therapists all the time is this fear of not knowing enough. I don't have enough certificates. I haven't read enough books. I haven't done enough supervision. I'm not going to repeat everything that I said in the last episode, episode 103, but I covered this in depth. And it's this connection between imposter syndrome and not feeling like you're smart enough or you know enough or you're a gifted enough clinician, and then over-consuming content and information that only furthers this spiral of feeling like you don't know enough. So let's just acknowledge that you don't know everything. I'm raising my hand, and you can't see me because this is a podcast. None of us know everything. That's okay. That's a part of being human, and that's, again, a part of being a clinician. But you know enough about the types of people you serve and about how you're able to help them. And, of course, you're open to continuing to expand your knowledge and learn different interventions or therapeutic techniques. But you don't you're, nobody's going to be quizzing you on this when you market your private practice. Nobody's going to say, or if they do, again, go back to point one on this fear of getting canceled. But nobody's going to say, I can't believe you said that you help people with eating disorders and you didn't get this particular certificate. How dare you? It's like, what? You know enough to help the clients you're meant to help. And you are humble enough to continue learning, to continue improving being a clinician. So let's sweep that one to the side too. The next fear is this fear of showing up differently, which like, can we just acknowledge that this is the whole point of marketing is to help yourself stand out from the crowd? Being different is a gift. Being the type of therapist that you are, whether you advocate for folks in different ways through social justice, or whether you show up truly embodying parts of your identity, both marginalized and privileged, that helps to dismantle this idea that all therapists look and walk and talk and interact in the same way. Showing up as yourself actually is a gift when it comes to marketing because you are the only person who does therapy in the exact same way that you do it with your unique lens and viewpoint. And that is powerful, my friends. Showing up and saying, yeah, I have tattoos and piercings, or I have gray hair, or I live in a bigger body, or whatever it is, helps, again, your clients who are meant to work with you find you. The last fear is this fear of deserving this. Does my voice deserve to be heard? Do I deserve to be seen? Am I allowed to do this? And this ties into a little bit this idea of not knowing enough, but it's deeper than that. It's about being allowed or about deserving to show up in the way that you need to show up that is most in alignment with you. 
And I'm here to tell you that you do deserve it. You absolutely deserve to be seen and your voice deserves to be heard. However, you choose to share it with the world through your marketing channels, it is meant to be seen and meant to be heard. And all of these fears, if I were to take all of these fears and put them into a basket, I would comfortably be able to say all of these fears are rooted in this fear of being vulnerable, in the fear of saying, this is who I am. This is my face. This is my voice. This is my approach. These are the clients I'm meant to help. That fear of being vulnerable is incredibly scary and can make marketing incredibly difficult because most of us have been trained to be blank slates, to not make waves, to lead with our credentials, to lead with the alphabet soup of the therapeutic interventions that we do instead of showing up and being a little bit vulnerable as the parts of ourselves that we bring into our therapeutic work. And if you're of a marginalized group, you're a woman, you're BIPOC, you're queer, you're undocumented, you're disabled, you're of a religious minority group, I could go on forever. It also might be internalized oppression that's making it really hard to be visible and market yourself. Yeah, when we think about internalized oppression, just a quick refresh here. It is when a person of a marginalized identity turns that oppression on themselves. And this internalized oppression can often show up as editing, editing what we say, editing what we do, editing how we show up in the world. This is when code switching really comes into play. It can show up as voluntary isolation, not going to certain group outings, not putting your face on your website, not recording that reel that you want to for Instagram, self-sabotage spending a lot of time on Canva to create the perfect post and the perfect graphic only to get ready to hit post and just scrap it all together. Decide I'm not doing it. Or sit down to write the website copy. Again, that's the words on your website for your about page. Get really comfortable being on that edge of discomfort and being like vulnerable but not oversharing. And then just deleting that entire thing and just saying like, nope, I'm Lindsay. I'm a therapist. I work in Michigan. The end. Internalized oppression can also show up as deferring to whiteness. And when we think of whiteness within the context of psychotherapy, we think about like the status quo. And the status quo in psychotherapy is, as I mentioned, that blank slate to show up very stoic, to show up without reaction, to not emote. And that's really hard to do in marketing, to not emote, to not show yourself. And then finally, internalized depression can show up as not enoughness. I'm not enough, right? I don't know enough. I'm going to get canceled. I'm going to show up too differently. I don't deserve this. Those all fall under that category of not enoughness. So if you are struggling to market, it might not be the logistics. It's not what platform do I need to be on? How many times do I need to post? What audio trend is trending? It really may be that underneath this fear of vulnerability is that deep-seated internalized oppression and you are isolating, editing, self-sabotaging, deferring to the status quo, and engaging in not-enoughness. That's not a judgment. Let me be very clear. Been there, raising my hand. Continue to experience it, also raising my hand. We have to acknowledge that it is not just about the logistics of marketing your practice, and it could absolutely be about who you are, the body you live in, and the work that you do that makes it hard to market. And that is why I am 
over the moon thrilled to be getting ready to open the doors again to grow a profitable practice from the inside out. This time around, I'm being crystal, crystal clear. Let's talk about a niche for a second that this program is only for therapists in social justice or of marginalized identities. Because I cannot go into a group and say, do this thing if I'm not fully showing up and saying, these are the folks, these are my people, this is who I'm meant to work with. And it's so interesting because I was talking to some past alum of Inside Out, if you're listening, hello and thank you about this change and getting some feedback about making that change. And one of them said, like, Lindsay, you already do this work. I was drawn to you because of your lens of approaching therapy and private practice through the lens of social justice and for people of marginalized identities. This isn't like out of alignment for you. You're just being more clear on your messaging. And hearing that, you know who you are if you're listening, was beyond affirming. And it again, ties into what I'm talking about today, this fear of visibility and this this scarcity. And had I not said, this is what I'm going to do, this is how I'm going to format the group moving forward really clearly, like who would I be isolating? Who would I not be speaking to? And also, as you've been here listening to me on this journey, I mean, you could say, oh, Lindsay's a flip-flopper. You could say, oh, no, that girl, she evolves and she changes and she takes us right along with her. And for some of you, you're like, oh, I can't stand this podcast anymore because I don't know what I'm getting when I tune in. Some of you are saying, oh, thank you. Thank you for showing up being super messy as you talk about all of this stuff. That was completely off the cuff, by the way. FYI, behind the scenes of this podcast, I usually have a handful of bullet points and then I just riff. That was a big riff. (laughs) It was a big riff. Anyway, where was I? (sighs) Grow a Profitable Practice from the Inside Out is my small group coaching program specifically for therapists in private practice who work in social justice or are of marginalized identities. And in our time together through the course of five months, We will cover money mindset without the spiritual bypassing. I will help you figure out what fee you need to set for your therapy session so that you can not only sustain your practice, but have profit and move towards more than enoughness. And then we will talk about how to niche down and get the foundations of marketing while developing that self-trust. Because it's not about me saying, yes, you can do that. No, you can't. It's about you saying, I'm ready to do this and I just need to be held within the container of other people who are cheering me on as I show up and as I'm vulnerable. And if that's you, I encourage you to go to mindmoneybalance.com slash profitable practice. You can get on the wait list. The wait list is running from June 24th through June 30th. And if you add yourself to the wait list, you get a discount on the program and the option of that markup free payment plan. I am just so thrilled that you're here. I'm so thrilled that you're listening. I know that I've been changing things up. And I also am just, you know, sometimes I think about this is also not on a bullet point, you guys. I was going to say y'all and then I said you guys and it kind of blended. Anyway, 
I don't know where I was going, but I'm just thankful you're here. Can I just say that? I'm thankful you're here. I'm thankful somebody listens. Sometimes I think I'm speaking into the void, and then I'll have a comment like the one I mentioned earlier about my Inside Out alum, or I'll get an email in my inbox. I got the loveliest email a couple of weeks ago about somebody who read my book. You know who you are. Thank you for sending that beautiful message. Talk about being vulnerable. It's vulnerable as hell to show up on this podcast and record and wonder if anyone's going to listen. So I'm here with you. It's scary. It's not always easy, but I don't push myself to the point of traumatizing myself or making myself anxious. I keep myself on that edge of discomfort, on that growth edge. So that's what I got for you today. I will be back in a couple of weeks.